We are here and we are back for another rivalry slash, well, it's a Giants preview, but it's a special Giants preview because, well, guess what? We are facing the Philadelphia Eagles. Shoutouts to everybody in chat, Jets Mess Mess included, everybody who's watching on Twitch, YouTube. Share it out as well, guys. We'll be answering questions throughout uh, the podcast episode. Of course, this will be uploaded probably by, I would say, 12 a.m. on the Spotify platforms and all that other stuff. Just Evan, as I said. Um, and also share out as well. I don't know who's going live right now, but you sure don't want to miss this preview pod. Uh, one thing I will say before we get right into it, though, I unfortunately could not pull on an Eagles reporter or content creator. Uh, I texted a few of them. None of them got back to me. But of course, we got Donald today and uh, Donald is awesome. But Donald, first thoughts going into this Eagle game. Everybody's everybody's just going ahead and look at this Washington game primetime next week. I'm not of that. I'm not of that mindset. But go ahead, Donald. Well, I like your mindset because listen, we only have 17 giant games a year, so every giant game is special in its own way. Um, I haven't missed the giant game. I always try and watch every single one. Um, they're uh, they're very important to the way I plan my year. <laughs> this is my giant time, man. So I ain't missing none. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be written hard. It's just, um, I think I'm very much grounded by the, the, the task that we're, that we're facing. It's pretty monumental. Um, Philadelphia don't really have any weaknesses. The only weaknesses that I can see are injury induced with, uh, Gardner Johnson being hurt his safety and Dallas Goddard being hurt at tight end. There's, there's other than that, they're kind of like a super team. Like they really are like they, their offensive lines. Awesome. Their front is awesome. They've got multiple guys with uh, at least six sacks, three or four guys, at least six sacks. Um, their corners are awesome. One of them's ours, Bradbury Slay's fantastic. They're getting Maddox back. Um, for for tomorrow, so you know, uh, there's really nothing that I can think of. <laughs> They've really got a weakness. They, Jalen Hurts is having a sensational year, um, and they're uh, top five. I think they're number five rushing um, offense in the in the NFL. So, all that said, it's it's a hell of a task, but you never know. You never know. Crazy things have happened. We got to be, we we got to be positive. Listen, I didn't give us a chance against the Ravens, and we beat them pretty handily. So, listen, the the key is our defense. If Wink Martindale can blitz the hell out of them, that is our best chance. Blitz the hell out of them. Jalen Hurts is not the same quarterback when he's on the run than when he's got time. So that is the key to the game. Blitz, 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 which is right in Wink Martindale's wheelhouse. So if that's one thing to, to focus on, it's that. Yeah, shouts to Daniel Berry Sports Highlights and, of course, Tony in the chat. He goes, hey, guys, every game is special. LOL, then tomorrow is a special-ass whooping. Well, I hope not. Uh, I also got a poll running, running see if uh, there's any confident Giant fans that think the Giants will win tomorrow. But, unfortunately, we got two votes for the Eagles. And uh, just something to throw out there. 
before we get into the injury report is this. And maybe I'll get into some of my first thoughts as well. Um, usually, I don't get to see uh, the full 60 minutes of a football game. At least I haven't recently because uh, I've been working. And that's, you know, that's what I do. I, I live stream at a church. So I'll see like the first half, miss 15 minutes which is like game time half of the third quarter and then go into the fourth quarter um, when I get home. But for the next, for the rest of the year, until we get to that Miami Jet game, unless it gets flexed, I'll be seeing all the Giants games. I'll be sitting in front of my TV focused, not at work. Uh, so tomorrow is, is a day off for me. Glad to take it. And, you know, also goes back to last week, right? I went to the Washington game. Eagle game next week. They're on prime time the week after that. I mean, they're, they play on Christmas Eve. Then we get to me and you experience the Colts game. So all fun and games from there. Uh, we, we got to make, we got to make a count of course, because it's only a 17 game season. He can escape the pocket though. Yes. Continue. Yes. I just want to clarify when I say he's not the same under pressure. I mean, he's throwing under pressure. He's not the 43%. Same yeah, exactly. Um, when, but when he escapes the puck and he's running, he's absolutely elite. So you're quite right. We cannot have any of those, and we'll get deeper into it. We can't have any of those missed tackle mistakes we saw last Sunday. Because if that no. happens, it's it's going to be dead water for us. It's just going to be bad. Um, but with that being said, I'm going to get into the injury report for the Giants. Um, who is out? We, you guys ask Joshua Zudu is out again. Dory Jackson is out again. Uh, Shane Lemieux is out again. Ben Bredesen was not activated off of the injured reserve, Damn, which sucks. I didn't know if I missed anything during the day. And then I checked Twitter and then everybody said, yep, he is going to wait another week on the injured reserve to come off of it, which means John Feliciano will be starting at center and the left guard will be Nick Gates, which ultimately I'm going to be transparent sucks. What also sucks is that we only had one game, maybe even three quarters of a forefront defensive line. Leonard Williams is doubtful. Uh, a lot of people thought he would play this week because, well, it's just a neck injury. He was just described as sore. He wasn't practicing, and I said, yep, he ain't playing this week. I had that inside feeling. Uh, but Saquon Barkley was put on the injury report with a neck injury. They didn't call any running back up from the practice squad. Uh, also, Ryder Anderson and Zion Gilbert, who missed an infamous – well, made an infamous missed tackle on uh, Jahan Dotson last week. He was also activated. So uh, it's kind of interesting to see what happens there. I mean, Darnay Holmes is not on the injury report. Maybe it's just an extra DB there. Uh, your thoughts on the injury report. By the way, the Eagles have no injury report at all. They actually just activated Avante Maddox, their slot corner, off of the injured reserve. But, Donald, your thoughts on the injury report, man? Yeah, I was aware of the Maddox call-up. Um, the injury report, Bredesen hurts the most. And I, I got I to clear you. Like, I don't understand. Nick Gates is better at center. Feliciano has experience at guard. He's not a good year at center. Wouldn't it make sense to put Feliciano at left guard? It would. It would. And, you know, if it wasn't for all these injuries, I, I would scrap Feliciano immediately. I mean, I mm. after last week, I'm pretty sure half of the Giants fan base, maybe even 90% of the Giants fan base is just fucking done with him. Um, but I guess they got to make of the pieces now. You know, are you really going to slip Tyree Phillips into a new spot? Well, I mean, it's not new, but it's Giants new. 
And are you really going to put Jack Anderson out there? I'm pretty sure all of us don't want that. Um, so Feliciano, they see as an experienced guy. Um, a lot of people say he's better at guard, which, you know, it could be. But I guess at this point, until Bredesen comes back and they have to make changes, they're not going to because they don't want to fray up the uh, any chemistry that they've had over the past week and a half-ish. Uh, Evan says this is a divisional game. If we find a way to win, can help us prepare for that Washington game. Yes, just a tad bit of extra rest because obviously we play 1 o'clock tomorrow, Sunday, and then we play 8 o'clock, of course, uh, next Sunday as well. But, uh, you know, it's weird, Donald. Before we go into the stats, analytics, all that sort of stuff, Philly is the only team we beat two years in a row in our division. It's scary, and it's also pretty bad. I mean, we've it's also Washington. a completely different Philly team, though. Yes. No, I I am of the agreeance with you. But what I find amazing, and I have to give a shout-out to the organization because it was only about two years ago that they were a bad football team. Um, The way they rebuilt this thing, they rebuilt it fast. They rebuilt it very, very well. Um, their only mistake was selecting Jalen Rager over um, Jefferson. But apart from that, they've been basically perfect in the draft. Um, and they're, they, the trade that they made for A.G. Brown, um, it's just you, you, you can list. They've done so well to rebuild that, that team. And they're really freaking good now. Like, you know, they're basically a super team when you, when you think about it. So, you know, I, I don't like to give them credit, but you have to give them credit for the way that they rebuilt fast. And it just shows how important it is for their front office and coaching staff to be in sync. And that's something that Joe Shane and, uh, and Dable will hopefully do for us because – um, it's really, it's really amazing how how they've rebuilt that thing so fast, and and now they're legitimately, if not the best team of football, the second best team of football this year. I definitely agree. I definitely agree. Uh, I just want to shout out to people in the chat. Blue City says Jalen Hurts about to have PTSD from last season. Uh, I hope so, but you know he did destroy us that second time around. Shouts to Hayes as well, and also shout outs to. Uh, Tony and Jets messages, they both shared us out on Twitter. Appreciate that, guys. Dylan Jones is 2-2 two and two when playing against Eagles at Midlife in 2020 and 2021. He also lost to them in 2019, so that doesn't help the cause. That's why we stole uh, their assist. Well, the assistant GM from Philly, he's our assistant GM. He was, I think, the director of player personnel over there. So, I mean, that was just that was a great a big move. pickup. He's already made some – he's already made a difference. Yeah, I want to say he was in on either the McFadden or Bellinger pick. Mm-hmm. He had impacts on one of them. But um, you mentioned it. I don't like giving Philly credit at all, knowing I lived you know, an hour and a half away from Philly and heard it from all the Eagle fans when they won the Super Bowl um, just a few short years ago. But it is monumental. It's just you have to give them credit to how they've rebuilt this squad. You know, Jalen Hurts and all the Doug Peterson crap from two years ago. Then they hire Sirianni. Everybody is just down on Sirianni. Oh, he's he's trying to be Joe Judge. He's this, that, and the other thing. They get to the playoffs uh, by a hair. Obviously, they are eliminated in the first round. But then they come back with all the cap space in the world, make some trades, make some moves. 
and they are the best team in football. I'm not going to sit here and waddle around the puddle. Uh, so I was right. It was Daniel Bellinger. Thank you, Howie Roseman, for giving us Brandon Brown. And I want to include a fact real quick as well. Uh, Howie Roseman, shortly before Brandon Brown, now I don't know if it was inducted as a rule yet, but Howie Roseman, to prevent Brandon Brown from going to the Giants, was trying to induct a rule, something along the lines of blocking front office guys from interviewing in, in terms of separate jobs across the NFL. So if Howie had gotten that rule in time, Brandon Brown would not be the assistant GM of the New York Giants. Yeah, but that's very fortunate. Very fortunate. Very fortunate. Thank that's like the one time they did, but they didn't help us out. Um, and obviously we know that uh they don't like to help us out, but hey, obviously it was a it was a mix in a matter of time. Uh, going into the 2022 stats and analytics, as I like to do every single week, the Eagles, well, their offense, third in total yards per game, 13th in passing offense, fifth in rushing offense, and second in points per game. Defensively, they are the second best um, in total in terms of total yards per game. They are first in terms of passing defense, so they actually – uh, rode over the Cowboys for the top passing defense in the NFL. They, they did, were 17th yeah. against the run. They are eighth in points per game. You look at the advanced analytics offensively and defensively. 29th in pass percentage, fourth in run percentage, 28th in pass percentage on first down, fourth in run percentage on first down, 19th in blitz percentage, but they still get to the quarterback. Eighth in pressure percentage and second in sacks. Um it's Super Bowl or bust this year because if they give Hurts a huge contract, you can kiss the big-name players goodbye. Yeah, I mean, obviously I would have to look at the team's salary cap over the next few years, but I would assume at some point it's going to come bust. So, I mean, they they could have a Super Bowl this year. I mean, I don't know if I would put them in the Super Bowl. Dallas is making a pretty good case, but, um, you know, it's definitely possible. There's a window. And the Eagles have to win in that window. Eagles fans uh, are saying that we have no weapons. I guess they don't know we have uh, Daniel Bellinger. I mean, he he might be a factor this game more than probably most people want to. With he's doing safety bank blanket, right? And you know, obviously, he didn't have too much of a big impact in terms of the receiving game last week. Um, he only got like five catches for twenty four yards. But I mean, their linebacking core it's not great. Um, I mean, we'll see if the safeties cover Bellinger, but I, I would tend to regard him as someone to watch for this game. We have the third hardest. Uh, they have the seventh easiest schedule in terms of this matchups in this game. We are screwed. Yeah, we are very under talented, very overmatched um, real quickly just to dip into the Giants stats and analytics. 22nd until yards per game, 28th in passing offense, sixth in rushing offense, 21st in points per game in terms of defense 23rd until yards per game 18th against the pass 25th against the run 12th in points per game uh, in terms of analytics 28th in pass percentage fifth and run percentage 29th in pass percentage on first down fifth and run percentage on first down uh, first in blitz percentage third in pressure percentage but 20th in sacks obviously that was really low last week but it got up with the five sacks we had on washington uh last week any thoughts before we get into what possibly we need to look out for well what really jumps out to me is how 
afraid we are to pass the football. <laughs> um, especially on first down. But there's a couple of things I want to clear up because the Eagles aren't dumb. So I don't want any more play action on third and sixes and third and sevens. Or like, second no more and like 12. No more of that. The Eagles aren't stupid. You're not going to get away with that. That has to cut out. We did that last week. Third and five. Play action. No. Stop that. Um, obviously, you want some more deviations. So, obviously, I'd, I'd like a few more pass um, pass play calls um, on first down. That needs to be done on first down. Just, just to mix it up a little bit. Um, but, by and large, he is is right here. The name of the game is time possession. I would I would say so because that was the only way that Washington was able to beat Philadelphia. It was time and possession. They didn't even run the ball particularly well, uh, but what they did was they did enough to move the chains and um, and take time off the clock, and that's what they did. So I think if the Giants were to win this game, it would be very much obviously run dominated, but it's still very important that Daniel Jones has a very good game. He has to have a very, very good game, but um, it's, it's important that, that if we're to win this game, time of possession and Wink Martindale, you know, hopefully getting in behind uh, the, you know, he, he's, He's at his best with his blitz coverages because he always manages to find a way of, of um, getting one guy unblocked to go right at the quarterback. He's done that. He did that all throughout um, his time in Baltimore. That was the sack that um, that Thibodeau got um, last week. So that is that's kind of how we're to win this game. Hopefully, forced fumble. I think Hertz is like nine. A forced fumble, and then we maybe score off that, and then from there, just dominate the run game. Saquon Barkley or or whoever's running. A lot more RPOs, Daniel Jones, on uh, using his legs as well. That's another key to the game. Yeah, Uh, shout-outs to the chat for a couple of more comments. Shout-outs to the 11 people in here. Like, comment, subscribe, do all that good stuff. Also, subscribe to some of the uh, great content creators we have in the description. I uh, just want to go to a couple of comments. I want to see Daniel air it out more, see what he can do. Barkley might not play slight chance he does. I would say more than a slight chance because they didn't activate Deshaun Corbin from the practice squad. That's how they beat us, too. In terms of time of possession, they have one of the best, if not the best, O-line. Yeah, Lane Johnson, Johnson having an all-pro year. Has not given up a sack yet. And uh, before we get into some of the things to look for, I mean, we're kind of even on that subject right now, is I'm just sort of, I can't say perplexed, but I'm in the middle with everything. I've been a guy you guys have seen the past few weeks You got to pass the ball on first down. You got to pass the ball on first down. I mean, I'm still like that. And this is one of the best, if not the best defenses in football. Um, You know, they're the best passing defense. But running it on first down and acting like that's a solution is not going to be good if you're not efficient. Now, 
They are only 17th in run defense. They have given up the most carries above five yards this season. But how does that necessarily go to our side in terms of positive and negative? Like, obviously, we need a spark in the running game. But at the same time, it's not like our offensive line has been efficient run blocking. They just haven't. Um, Whether you could say, oh, it's this injury, that injury, this guy's not doing his job, whatever. It's just been uh, a comedy of errors all across the line. And Saquon Barkley hasn't been efficient. You know, sometimes he's not driving his legs. He's leaning. He's doing all these sorts of things. And it adds more to the pile that he has a neck injury. So whether he plays or not, you might want to see Breida in there more. You might want to see Gary Brightwell in there more. And I was a little shocked they didn't do that last week. But then again, I'm thinking, wait a minute. They probably don't want to put that on film. And then, boom, they study against that and know how to plan. Um, I saw from Dunleavy, but I think there was a few different beat reporters saying different stuff. So I guess we'll see it uh, 1130 when they come out with the inactives. That stat will improve because our O-line sucks. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're not very good outside of Thomas, of course, and Glowinski has his limits. Um, but everybody is talking about time and possession. And obviously that is going to be one of the things that wins this game for either side. You know, it's time possession. It's, it's an important factor. I still think it's about time and possession in today's NFL. And people talk about, oh, well, you got to run the football, run the football, run the football. That's what they did against the Texans. Obviously the long-term ramifications weren't good for the Giants because of Barkley's legs and all these different things. But you can make the same argument in a different way in terms of passing the football. Um, you don't have to go for a 10-yard pass every play. That's, and that's not about being conservative. You don't have to drop back, throw it 50 yards every play. That's not what it's about. Five you could have mesh eight. routes, shallow cross routes, just right. move the chains incrementally. You know, you're, you're setting yourself up for a potential first down, whether, you know, you're living, on, you're, you're living another down, but you're also you're getting as much as you can. You know, you throw a, you throw a stick concept. Yeah, obviously we saw that last past two years with uh, Jason Garrett, right? Um, we saw that with Jason Garrett. But you take away the tendencies, all these sort of things, and you just apply it to real mind football. Um, second and five. Let's just say you do first down curl route. Second and five. You're in second and medium, so you could run it or. You could also pass the football again and move the chains. So um, that I just think that a lot ball of ball control football, ball control football. And the one thing, once again, that works against you is every time you, instead of let's just say for the running game, you run negative yards, the clock still runs, but if you throw an incomplete pass, it works against you, but it also works for you. Um, Shout out to Jeff Nelson in the chat. Yes, I did hear about uh, Wilson Contreras. I predicted that. Great signing. Shout outs to uh, the Skyler. Big you predicted Red that as well? Yeah, I got that correct. Dude, you're like 100%. <laughs> What's like your prediction three... for Rodon quickly? <laughs> um, San Diego, my was my original prediction was. Oddly oh, enough, okay. okay. But we'll, we'll see what back happens. To the, back to the Giants. Yes. Um, uh, real quickly, I'm 333 batting average, but Donald, go ahead. That's a very good batting average. I mean, that's, that's pretty much batting title. In this day and age, it is. But it your is. thoughts on uh, 
obviously the way this offense has been going in terms of maybe being more pass happy. I know you first went on it, but any thoughts corresponding to myself? Well, I agree with you. It's, it has to be ball control football. Um, you're not, I don't think we're going to get away with the plays downfield because they give up virtually no big plays in the air. Right. Um, so Bradbury, there's no point even trying <laughs> to match up with him. And, and Slay as well. So for me, underneath mm-hmm. um, Bellinger, I would go underneath with Hodgins and even Richie freaking James, who sucks. But um, I, I think you might, you might find our slot receivers may have a little bit more joy um, because obviously the, the outside corners are just so good. Um, I would try and find um, Darius Slayton in, in, uh, in different in different areas of the field to try and mix it up a little bit. He is, he is our only he is our only receiving option that is good. He is our only good receiver, Darius Slayton. So, um, but really, their, their corners are so dominant. And I don't think Daniel Jones is going to be able to air it out downfield as much as I kind of want that to happen. Um, if you're looking to win the game, I'm only talking about the keys to the game. If you want to, uh, I mean, if you want me to get in a conversation about what would be best for the medium to long term future for the Giants, I would actually say, um, I, I would actually say, you know what? Give the reins to Daniel Jones, take all the training wheels off them let's air it out let's see how you do because i'm gonna learn something about daniel jones against the best team in football if he struggles then at least i've got knowledge going into the offseason um if he excels then i've got that in my belt going into deciding whether we should extend him or not i'm still very much in the boat that the giants are in a rebuild so I kind of want to see more of Daniel Jones before deciding whether to extend him. And I just don't want to go another week where we're so focused on winning. I know it sounds funny, but um, we're so focused on that win that it kind of is detrimental to your your long-term vision. Like, for instance, against the Texans, 73% of the play calls were to Saquon Barkley on the ground that we didn't really learn anything about the offense. We didn't learn anything about Daniel Jones that way. And it has had reverberations uh, on the giants offense since, because they can't really get themselves going. And Daniel and the sequel bark has been burnt out and slightly hurt since. Um, so part of me kind of wants to rest Saquon Barkley this week and go right. Brita Brightwell are going to be a running backs. So we'll have to deal with it. They're going to be fresh. We're going to rest Saquon for that week till he's fresh for Washington, which is our playoff game. And I want to see what Daniel Jones can do, um, and uh, and and see what happens. If if he sinks or swims, then at least I know more about what we got going into the offseason because I am still very much in kind of the medium to long term view. As much as I want to win every week, um, we know that's kind of what's that Joe Shane's doing. He's planning ahead, man, because if he was if he was planning for this year alone, then he would have traded a second round pick. 
to get a receiver in. So that's why I, I think that I'm still very much in the in the belief that even though it won't help us win the game, really, let's be honest, um, I'd still like to give the give the reins to Daniel Jones, see what he got. If he if he has a terrible game, at least I know going into the offseason that we need what, what we need to work on and and to whether to move on from it or not. Yeah, I mean, they had the opportunity a few weeks ago, as you mentioned, about the uh, the Lions game, the Texans game, really to pass football even more, um, you know, with Daniel Jones, and we really haven't learned anything since. You know, at this point, as I've said, air it out, you know, see what you got in Daniel Jones. And just this playing scared mentality really isn't going to get you anywhere. I mean, we've seen Daniel Jones at times attack good defenses, right, whether it be successfully or unsuccessfully, right? you know. You can't play scared. And that's what the Giants ultimately did last week. They played scared. They played complacent. And then they ended up getting into a fucking tie. So, um, you know, also Evan says that they're going to stack the box. I agree with that. Um, I see that Luca updated us and says Caleb Williams won the Heisman. So that's very good for him. Uh, very wow. good prospect coming out. Um, also, I thought it was going to be CJ Stroud. Yeah, C.J. Stroud, I mean, he had the most passing touchdowns in, in college, I think, from what you said. So I'm a little shocked there. Skyler says uh, Brita and Brightwell need more snaps. Let's see some pony sets, and we could see Brita in the backfield and Saquon in the slot. Just for some reason, man, I mean, they haven't really advertised Saquon too much as a receiver this year. But I think overall – what you could get and what you, whether it's Barkley, it's healthy or Brita, I think you need to extend them in the passing game a little bit more. Um, because obviously, once again, whether they play scared, they don't play scared, or, you know, they don't play scared and it just doesn't work, you're going to need some sort of a passing game, just not through the wide receivers against the corners that they have. Uh, the linebackers, the safety mismatches. Brita, he's been used more times probably in the receiving game than Saquon has. Um, but of course I don't know that too much for a fact, but I will jump to things to look for. There's three things in my personal opinion. I'm definitely looking for them to use Boston Scott. I mean, he kills us, kills us in his career. I think like half of the touchdowns he's had in his career against the New York giants. This goes back to he averages 99 yards per game rushing. And he has like eight touchdowns or something against us. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it's just weird. Maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year we stop him, but I don't know. I mean, they could use Gainwell. They could use Sanders a little bit more, but, you know, Sirianni probably knows, hey, this guy's got some uh, some history against Giants. Let's see if uh, we'll keep matching the trend. Low scoring, I, I think it's going to be low scoring, I mean, whether it's the Giants winning or whether it's the Eagles winning by one or two scores, like a 17-10 to 10 or something like that. Um, because I mean, I think the Eagles, I don't think they'll be too pass happy this game. I think that's more of a secondary option for them. And, you know, we haven't been able to stop the run. Now, let me ask you this before I go into my next point. Are you more scared uh, about the offense or the defense this game? Great point. I'm, I'm, I'm more concerned about the offense because they're a big play offense. Um, when when you have no weaknesses <laughs> on offense, that's what's scary. Like Hurts can either kill you in the air, or you can kill you um, rushing the football. 
Um, Miles Sanders of your year. Um, their two receivers are absolutely ridiculous. And let's not forget, Quez Watkins is actually good too. He gets downfield. He, he's fast. So they've, they've got three good receivers. Um, got multiple options. As you already mentioned, Barskull, he always kills, kills the Giants. Sanders. So, you know, it's, I'm far more worried about their offense than than the defense. I, I think mostly because I kind of know about our offense anyway. So there's nothing that they're gonna that they're gonna do that doesn't that I don't already know about our offense. It's it's a very much um a, I have to be honest a blue average offense that we've got. Um, so whatever they do ain't gonna change my feelings on that. Um, it's it's the fact that we've got a pretty damn good defense and their offense is absolutely ridiculous and their offensive line's fantastic. So. There's really no weaknesses. That's why I'm more afraid of that. Yeah, um, I'm going to be honest with you and disagree. I'm more more worried about their defense just because we're incapable of scoring. Um, and, you know, the defense can play above and beyond at times. And, you know, we really – if I'm going to be completely transparent, maybe some don't see it this way. I don't think we've lost the game this year because of the defense. And have we yet to do that? Yes, in my personal opinion, because, I mean, we could quickly take a look. Dallas, I would say that was more offensive-centric. Seattle, more offensive-centric, in my opinion. Um, what other two will miss? Uh, Dallas, I mean, that was offensive-centric right there. Uh, I'm miss it one Winks, more. though, had a bad game, in my opinion. No. He's no, been the all. perfect uh, coach, in my opinion. Absolutely unbelievable job he's done. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then Detroit, I mean, you could probably say like that was the worst defensive game, but at the same time, there were turnovers and all these different things that happened, which is a big part of this game, by the way. The Giants cannot commit turnovers. They have to take away some balls from the Philadelphia Eagles. That might have been the one game we didn't have, didn't play great was was the Detroit game. We kind of got cut. Yeah. Yeah. Any updates on Barkley? A lot of people are saying he should be a good to go. Um, usually I, I mean, right now I have two, I have my giants bottle. I have my Rangers bottle still can't catch this fly. Um, but usually when I have like Poland spring bottles down here, fucking fly Lord of the flies over here. Yeah, it is Lord of the flies over here. I know jets mess mess is probably sitting there waiting, waiting to make a comment, but usually when I got my Poland spring bottles down here, I'll have like five at a time and I will go through all of them in one show, uh, because I just want my voice to sound very clear uh, Hayes also agrees that it's going to be low scoring on either side but all well he says it's going to be low scoring on our side they'll try to run it up I mean there are rivals so they're going to try to run it up I mean I know Dallas did that a few years ago um first down pound the run from each side is definitely going to be there so again even though I'm more worried about our offense against their defense it's a time of possession thing, turnovers as well. I'm just really scared because we have not at all figured out how to stop the run. And I don't think that's wink. I don't think that's wink. I think that's the fact that we don't have any talented linebackers. And if you want me to be completely transparent in a different set of, you know, talking points, because we're talking about run defense right now, I think where Darius Williams should be the corner too, not Nick McLeod. 
I agree with you. I think Nick McLeod's a safety, in my opinion. Um, the the situation in the running game, a lot of it is a, is unfortunate because of Leo being hurt. Because Leo and Dex have a very good partnership. Um, I picked up on it in training camp. The two of them have a really good partnership and has been developing. Um, and you could see it clear as day on the field this year. Because um, this is Dexter's best year. And, um, and although Leo's not got the stats to back it up, he is getting the pressures and he is he is opening up um like he's you know he's 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 doing enough to occupy a guard so that another guy can go in and, and get the sack and he's done that before he did that last week uh, it's going to be a big big loss because he also is our probably our best run stopper in my opinion so um yeah, he is actually a big loss, uh, and that's really going to hurt us. Really going to hurt us tomorrow. Um, that that partnership is probably our best chance if we were to win the game. So without that, I don't know. Not too positive about it. The fly should have its own box. Should have its own segment. If anything, I'm just happy that they're finally getting rid of the MetLife turf. We just got to find out what they're replacing it with because they haven't come with a, an answer on that. Who are you guys going to get to spy on Jalen Hurts? Um, it can't be Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith, in my opinion, is way too slow. I think Micah McFadden would be a good one. Um, someone who has speed. So, I mean, you could use Dane Belton too. He had he didn't play last game. He was active, but he did not play last game. So if he has improved in his game, if he takes the right angles, if he's not hurting from his clavicle, you have to consider him and, uh, you know, what was the other guy I mentioned? Michael McFadden, because Love is going to be playing safety. If it was McKinney playing, I would say, okay, McKinney, you know, you could experiment yeah. with him and Belton Obviously as a safety. Yeah. It, it's, it's bad. It's, it's bad. What about Pinnock? Um, you know, he last game he didn't make too many mistakes, but against Dallas, I mean, he was terrible. Yeah. So, I mean, he played a ton of snaps last week, rotating in with Love. So they're probably using three safeties once again. Um, it's just going to be interesting. It's just going to be interesting to see what they do. Long story short, look, we don't have anyone to spy on Jalen Hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I uh, – our linebackers suck, and uh, Xavier McKinney's hurt. So yes, so to put it in the, the simplest terms, but to go over real quickly some players to watch uh, on offense. Jalen Hurts this year, and obviously we, of course, we go over statistics. Jalen Hurts is completing sixty-eight point one percent of his passes, total of twenty touchdowns, three interceptions, thirty sacks taken, two hundred and forty-five passing yards per game 2,940 yards total on the season miles sanders is let me do the math real quickly 76 yards away from a thousand nine touchdowns on the season jalen hurts is nine touched has nine touchdowns on the season wow. he's fumbled five times but he's never lost a fumble 609 oh, rushing yards uh four yards per carry over for both over 4.5 Kenny Gainwell really hasn't been used a ton, 4.5 yards per carry, though. 
and four touchdowns when he does carry the football. Boston Scott also sprinkling a little in there. We'll probably see him even more. Uh, as for the receiving group, A.J. Brown, 950 yards. So he's got 50 left to go to 1,000. I think he'll make it this game, unless Devonta Smith is the main factor. He's got nine touchdowns on the season, 711 receiving yards for Devonta Smith. Four touchdowns, obviously, Dallas Goddard's injured, which, thank God, and I'm not saying thank God for the injury, but, you know, he's out, and that's just another liability for our linebackers. Um, Quez Watkins, 296 receiving yards, three touchdowns, and they really haven't gotten their tight ends involved ever since uh, Goddard's hurt, and they also really haven't gotten their running backs involved. So their main, I would say, uh, their main task is just to cover the wide receivers, not saying that they won't put their running backs in conflict with our linebackers. Why aren't we calling up Collins? I mean, to be completely transparent, how worse is he, uh, Justice Jeffrey, how worse is he than what we have right now? I mean, why okay. not throw him on the roster? Having said that, Wink knows better than we do. Right. At the end of the day. Take Crowder should. I mean, yeah, Crowder wouldn't be bad. I just think Michael McFadden has a lot more speed and upside. Um, but we'll see. We'll see who they get to to spy on him. Um, yeah. So moving over to the defensive side of the ball, which we have – very briefly talked about, but I also want to center it in a little bit more uh, with some of these advanced analytics and stuff. So Hassan Reddick has nine sacks on the year, 25 total pressures, 33 tackles, three forced fumbles, 16 quarterback hits, and six tackles for a loss. You move to the interior for 20 seconds. Javon Hargrave coming over from the Steelers about two years ago, 13 pressures, eight sacks, 46 Total tackles, seven tackles for loss, 11 quarterback hits, two fumble recoveries, one forced fumble. Josh Sweat off the edge. He's got six and a half sacks, 21 pressures, 10 tackles for loss, 17 quarterback hits, one forced fumble. Um, you move to two guys who have been there for years. And you know what? I'll throw out a fun fact as well. Many people don't know this. Brandon Graham was in the Eagles draft class, the same Eagles draft class as Mike Kafka. So... That is very interesting to say the least. Um, but Brandon Graham on the season, five and a half sacks, 13 pressures, six tackles for a loss, 23 tackles, 10 quarterback hits, one forced fumble. And then you move to Fletcher Cox, who's always killed us. Five sacks, 17 pressures, uh, five tackles for loss, eight quarterback hits, and one forced fumble. I know we've talked a lot about the secondary. Your thoughts on just that defensive front with multiple guys who could get after the quarterback. Yeah, multiple guys with with over six sacks. Sweat's a monster. Um, it's it's scary. It's really scary considering how beat up our offensive line is. We know the interior of our offensive line is is beat up. Um, it's just stable on the outside. Thank God, because to be honest, we've not had that in a long time. So um, remember, this is year one of a rebuild. Um, I need to emphasize. That that so but in this kind of matchup it's it's going to be ugly man like <laughs> there's going to be pressure for multiple fronts um and it's i don't know how there's going to be much room for Saquon to run in fairness even though against the run they're pretty good uh, no 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 too great actually like number 16 but i'm just thinking with our offensive line struggling to create holes 
that's one problem. But really, it's it's all about the pass rush. Having said that, I think I think Andrew Thomas will do fine. Um, and Neil is getting better every week. So I'm not too worried about the edge. It's really the interior that scares me. They'll, they'll yeah, have I... some success on the edge. They will. But yeah, of course. There's going to be it's really going to be the problem with the with the interior because you know it, it might be a case where Thomas and Neil hold the block long enough for like one and a half seconds or whatever, but the guard the guards are going to break down. You know they're not going to get that chip block. They're going to fail, and then they're then it's going to open up a bigger problem. And then even there might be a sack from Reddick, and and uh, it might look like it was on Thomas, but it actually wasn't. It was because the interior broke down. Do you know what I mean? That's that's been something that's happened on a couple of occasions these last few weeks. So, um, yeah, uh, it's really the problem with the interior. We don't really have guys that I like on the interior uh, at all going into tomorrow, um, other than Nick Gates. But he's not playing center, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's going to be interesting to say the least. I mean, Feliciano. I've spoken down on him for a while. I've finally come on the train of benchmark Lewinsky when it comes to time. Um, even though you can't get out of the contract for another year. So if, you know, if we were the GMs, we'd say, okay, we'll, we'll draft some guards next year and then see if we can trade Lewinsky and sit him as a depth piece. But at the end of the day, man, I mean, it's just being so overmatched in the interior. It, it's going to hurt us. It really is. And, Hopefully Bobby Johnson and some of these guys just find a way to scheme around it, but there's only so much you could scheme around. Uh, this interior really hasn't gotten better. There's really not been much cohesion. Um, you know, maybe I would say if Nick Gates was the center, it'd be a little bit of a different story because you'd have him calling out the protections yes. and working with Daniel Jones. Um, but unfortunately that's not the case. Jonathan Feliciano will be the uh, starting center and then Gates will be at the left guard position, which, to be honest, in, in transparent with you guys, I'm not fan. I'm not a fan of him playing left guard. No, it's the one personnel move that I completely disagree with. Like it doesn't make sense. Nick Gates is a better center than his guard. Feliciano was a better guard than he than he is center. That just doesn't make any sense to me. And Feliciano is not good anyway, but, but he is slightly better at guard in my opinion. Yeah, center. He's not been good at center at all. But I know that it's probably for cohesion's sake because he, it's that's been the case this year. But you know, at this stage, I don't think the offensive line is going to get better. I think this is what it is. You know, obviously it'll get better when Bredesen comes back and maybe get some Zulu mixed in there. It's going to be better. But in terms of cohesion, it's not going to get better. We kind of know what it is at this point. It is what it is. It's, we're going to be okay on the outside. It's the inside that's a big problem. And I don't think that's going to get fixed until the offseason. Right. Um, Blue City asks what's going on with Tyra Taylor. I mean, Tyra Taylor's been the backup, so there's really no reason for him to play. Um, I haven't seen him like, concuss just... himself. for like He was in for like two plays and he was done, remember? Yeah. He put himself in a weird position. But uh, obviously we haven't seen him in a while. No really – reason to see him and even if daniel jones was playing subpar i mean he's playing average but if he's playing subpar i mean what at this point in the season right unless we're going for a huge playoff run uh blue city says maybe we get jalen smith a spy on jalen i don't i don't think so i think jalen smith has lost a little bit 
Uh, shout out to Jacob. What's going on, man? He goes, hopefully Saquon Barkley plays tomorrow. Yeah, I hope that as well. But I also hope he's healthy. And to go into that secondary a little bit, we'll start off with James Bradbury, who probably has the best stats uh, out of some of the corners we've seen in football. He's got three interceptions on the season. He's only allowed one touchdown. He's got a passer rating allowed of 40. He's got 30 tackles. He's allowed a completion percentage of 44.1 and 238 yards and seven yards per completion, which is really, really good. Darius Slay, 10 pass deflections. Also, James Bradbury, I think, is first or second in the league in pass deflections. Darius Slay, 10 of them. Um, on the season, he's got 39 tackles, 55.2 completion percentage, three interceptions, one touchdown given up, 58.2 passer rating. And Avante Maddox, who's coming off the injured reserve uh, before he went on, gave up a completion percentage of 66.7, which you would expect from the slot, and then 77.5 passer rating, which isn't bad. He had one interception but did not give up a single touchdown. So this secondary is really something to watch. But in a way... Mike Kafka knows better than we do in terms of uh, how to manipulate the safety position, knowing that it's Reed Blankenship and not C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Now we're going to move to questions to answer. And I got a few on offense, and I got a few on defense. So I'll just run by the offensive ones first, talk about them, and then we'll run by the defense. So question one is, will Daniel Jones have enough time to throw the ball? Question two is, can Saquon be efficient on all downs, which is four yards per carry plus? Will Brightwell and Breida be used more to give Jones a break? And will Daniel Bellinger be Jones's effective safety blanket? So, Donald, if you want to break those down a little bit into your thoughts. Okay, so the, the third question we'll start with, do I think Bellinger will be a safety blanket? I mentioned earlier, yes, I think. I think Jimeno Hodgins will probably be the, the safety blanket. I think they're going to see a bunch of targets. I even think Richie James might see a couple targets too, because I'm I think Jones will will um he'll, he'll be going through the options, and I think you'll find that the safest option will be underneath. And I think I think that'll be open. I think I think Bellinger, I think uh, and I think our slow receivers. I just don't see how our outside receivers are going to get open at all so yes long story short yes i think i think that will be the case um saquon barkley what was your question regarding saquon barkley is he going to be efficient enough to get around four yards per carry plus now i will add something in chats talking giants who do this research usually he starts the year off well and ends the year off well starting with like week 14 so, like, he'll have, like, 4.5, 4.6, 4. 4.7 yards per carry each game. Now, I'm not saying this is going to be this game that he starts at Trent, but do you think he'll be efficient round four plus yards? No, I don't. He hasn't had that. I don't because he's kind of reverberate, reverted back to where he was, where he's kind of uh, a Barry Sanders, where he was going to get hit for two yards minus two yards, and then break one for 35. And then all in all, it looks okay, but not great. And I, I think that's kind of what it is at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think it's going to be efficient, in my opinion. So the answer is no to that one. Um, do, will Daniel Jones have time to throw? Absolutely not. 
he will have no time to throw the freaking football. No, I, you know, the, the best chance he has is uh, with shallow cross routes, mesh routes, uh, screens underneath, um, and uh, wheel routes, I think. But getting that ball downfield, I just don't see how Darius Slayton's going to get get past Bradbury long enough to go downfield with. So I don't think so. Um, question four. Did you have a question? It was uh, will Breida and Brightwell be used more to give Jones a break with his legs? I, I think so. I mean, I, I think it's only wise. Like even if uh, even if Saquon is uh, does suit up for tomorrow. I, I don't want to overuse him because he's going to be overused a lot next week. So I don't want to overuse him. I'd even mix him around. So, yeah, I think we should play Brita more. Kind of like that change of pace idea with Brita. He's very fast. He's had a bad year. He's had a terrible year, but maybe this time he might might pop something. Um, he might even be useful in the, in the pass game. Yeah, and then uh, moving to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I've got four questions here. Can the Giants affect Jalen Hurts and force a rare turnover? Who are the starting corners? How well do they cover the wide receivers? Does Dane Belton play? And can the Giants stop the run? So, uh, Dane Belton, I think he will play. Because what options otherwise? Um um, who are their corners? Well, we know all about them, man. Bradbury and Slay are monsters. The fact they're calling back Maddox means that they get extra strength at defensive back. So, talking in terms of Giants corners. Oh, okay. The Giants corners. Ugh, 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 ugh. Well, the key to the game is that the key player to the game is actually Moreau. Fabian Moreau is the key to this game because. Um, he has to hold down AJ Brown, but even still, Hurts can then just turn around and go to, to uh, Devontae Smith, and um, who I think is going to have a huge game. I think Moreau might even do his job semi because AJ Brown's he's elite, but he's not the fastest. Devontae Smith is so freaking fast, so I think that that he can he's going to have a big game. I think. Because who's going to play the second outside corner spot? I think it's probably going to be Nick McLeod. I really do. Um, it might even be the guy that we called out from the practice squad last week. I think you might even see more of him. Darnay Holmes, I think you might even see play again, which I'm not wild about because he gets cooked. So... Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you, if you look at Moreau and go, hey, you know what? He got beat once or twice, but he's been okay. But then I just can't see how McLeod and and uh, and the other options are, are going to stop Devontae Smith or even Quez Watkins going right down the field because Quez Watkins can be quiet the entire game, but then in the fourth quarter, there'll be a one long pass, 40, 50 yards, and Quez Watkins will be at the other end of it. So, um. The, the your answer to that is who are our corners? It ain't good. It ain't good. Uh, what was your other question? Oh, stopping the run. Um, without Leo, probably not. And then, um, just to get over the two ones, obviously, we covered Belton, 
The last one was, can we affect Jalen Hurts and force a red turnover? Yes, I think I think we will get a forced fumble. I think we'll get one forced fumble. I think we okay. can. I think um, Wink Martindale's um, sacks are pretty. Uh, blitzes are pretty. Um, he does a good job of mixing them up. So I, I think we'll get one one guy to to get in there and force a force a fumble. So I, I'm I'm pretty confident about that. I like Oz Aziz in this game. I think he's going to have another big game. He's 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 hot after last week. Um, I think Thibodeau's getting better every week. So I like I like that. I mean that's the that, that's that's our best chance, man. Like when when he's throwing under pressure, he's not an accurate quarterback. That's our best chance. So maybe he'll maybe force a fumble or maybe force an interception. Um, but yes, I think we'll get one turnover. All right. Oh, we got an Eagles fan in here. Fly, Eagles, fly. Y'all ain't ready. Get spanked. Knew that was going to come in, but uh, appreciate the comment, my man. Thank you, man. Yes, uh, Caleb. I think you'll enjoy more than the Giants, Well, I think think we can safely say that. Might might have to take a moral victory depending on how bad or, you know, whatever the result is. Uh, Shouts to MH in chat. Daryl Hart as well. Giants need to put the pressure on Hertz. I agree. Definitely like and subscribe if you haven't already, folks. Um, is the Giants running back starting tomorrow? We'll see at 11.30 a.m. when they release the inactives, but I would bet on it, Jeffrey. Um, Blue City also says, can't believe Anthony Antonio Williams was let go. I mean, they also have Breida, Corbin, and uh, Brightwell, so they really don't need how many other running backs on the roster. Um, and as far as Hayes' question goes, yes, we are doing the call-in show tomorrow, 8.30. Uh, we'll be sending the StreamYard link out, and then obviously y'all will get to call in with questions. And I've got a question for you. Stuff. Sure. What uh, are your thoughts at the moment? Where are you with Saquon Barkley? Because he's going to be commanding big running back money. If, you, if, if I'm going to be completely transparent, it's not, it's not going down a, a positive path to me. Slowly, 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 I'm saying no. If he doesn't sh- – now, obviously, it's going to be – he's gonna. He's already had a 1,000 yards in the season. I mean, we, yeah. we know that's remarkable. But are we – if we resign him, and even when we come to that point, are you really looking to go through this whole stretch of games where whether you it's uh, – whether, whether it's a passing offense in the future or running offense in the future – are we really looking to, okay, he starts off the year well, he ends off the year well, but the the middle is just bad. And also, I mean, he's been beaten up for so many years. So I'm slowly coming to a standstill of saying no. Where do you stand? I mean, you make all the points, man. You really do. Is there a way that we can negotiate a contract which would be reasonable for both sides? I hope so. Um, I'd like to keep him. He's had a remarkable year. I mean, he is the reason why we are where we are. Make no bones about it. He is the reason. Um, I mean, it's Andrew Thomas and it's been him with a little bit of Slayton and then a little bit of Jan Daniel Jones mixed in after that. 
That is our offense. Saquon has basically carried us. Is he getting beaten up now? Yeah, it's because we've been riding him like Seabiscuit all year. So um, I, I don't want to – I'm just a little bit concerned now that he's afraid of getting hit. I'm noticing that. And it seems to be that's because I think he's a little more worn down. I think he's a little tired. And that is something that is something that we need to bear in mind going into future years. If we were to extend him, is this guy that you can rely on that's going to be healthy mid to late season? Because he's not really proven that other than his rookie year. Um, it's a big question, but I'm a big Saquon guy. I think Saquon's had a wonderful year. And let's never count out one thing about Saquon. Because I completely counted him out going into this year. I didn't think he was going to have this kind of great year. The, I didn't think he was going to be being able to carry an entire offense himself. He has done that. So what he likes to do is he likes to prove people wrong. Like I think he was counted out after the second major, major injury. And he's come back and he's and he, uh, for maybe the first eight games of the year, you could make an argument he was the best run back in football. So – I know that other teams, the only guy that they're afraid of is Saquon Barkley. So I bear that in mind. I would I would look to try and extend it, but it has to be very, very much a fair offer for both sides. We can't pay him like Derrick Henry no money or whatever. He says Galladay doesn't get any credit. I mean, I forgot that he didn't play last Sunday due to an illness. Could he still be a healthy and active? Maybe. Maybe your buddy Sills goes back to being uh, healthy and active. I have no idea. Um, Chester Jeffrey, keep working on your channel, man. There was another comment I wanted to get to. Um, I'll give you a like and a sub. I'm new here. Good luck tomorrow. Thank you, my man. Much appreciated. Um, Thank you. Good luck. You can't pay Saquon big money. I mean, yeah, that's that's the hot water question. Will you pay Saquon big money? I'm. I don't know. I mean, I'm just not. For this roller coaster every year, have you noticed uh, Barkley's production goes down if the contracts talks failing? I mean, yeah, I think it's just coincidental. I don't think it's just because of you know, but I mean, they've. I they've think it was it. after the Texans game, in my opinion. I don't know if if you agree, Alex. Ah, uh, I think it was just two things crashing together in that Texans game, where mm. you know. The Texans' defense was bad against the run, but at the same time, like, the Giants were getting first down after first down, but it wasn't efficient. Like, they'd get a carry for three, then a carry for four, then a carry for three again. So it's not like you're you're keeping consistent of the four. Um, but Joe Shane will be smart about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, he's going to look from every angle what to do. But with that being said, I'm going to throw it to Donald. Three keys to win. Blitz. Blitz is key one. Two, Fabian Moreau. He has to somehow keep A.J. Brown quiet. It's very tough. Um, and three, ball control football, control the clock. All right. Um, also on our poll, just wanted to include this as well. On our poll, we have 15 votes, 67% say the Giants are going to take the win. So a lot of confident Giants fans in here. 33% say Eagles. Hey, listen, you know, I, I respect the positivity. Oh, yeah. But um, my keys to win, I'm 
now that this time of possession thing has gotten into my head, um, I'm going to say run the ball successfully is one, two, stop the run, and three, affect the quarterback. Because running the ball successfully, I mean, that obviously is it's all about the clock, and especially in this type of game. Stopping the run, that goes towards the clock. And three, affecting the quarterback. I mean, you know, if you could set them up by stopping the run early and they're in like third and longs, I mean, if you can stop Jalen Hurts there without him using his legs, it's a win for the Giants either way, um, especially in these type of games. But, Donald, I'm going to throw it to you for a score prediction. What I'll say is if the Giants win the game, it'll be a low-scoring game. It'll be like 17-14, mm-hmm. something like that. That's if the Giants are to win. But they're not going to win, I'm afraid. Um, I've, I think the Eagles – I think the Giants and the Eagles will be close in the first half. I think it'll be a one-score game, maybe even 10 points at worst. Maybe like a 17-7 at the half or something like that, 17-10. Uh, but then I, I think the Eagles, midway through the third quarter, will kind of press on their necks a little bit, kind of like the way the Cowboys did. Thanksgiving. I think it's going to go similar to that. So I have the Eagles winning about 34 to um, about 34 to 17, something like that. All right. 34, 17. That's the, that's the score. They beat us in 2019 at MetLife. Just a fun fact. Um, but Blue City thinks, thinks that uh, 9 and 8, do you think the Giants will still have a chance to make the playoffs? Depends who they beat. Uh, if they beat Washington, they beat the Colts, yes. I, I do think that may have actually be a, that may actually be a lock unless Detroit wins all the games going down this uh, stretch. But uh, some of the comments, guys, will definitely assess on the call-in show and the uh, Big Blue and the uh, excuse me, Boys and Big Apple podcast held on Monday. So don't think we're leaving you guys out, obviously. Uh, this was a bit of a last-minute thing. We just wanted to get a Giants episode in. What's your score prediction? My score prediction is 27-17 Eagles. So I think, yeah. you know, it may, it may be one of them things where they, it gets away last minute. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Donald, any final thoughts, my man? Well, first of all, everybody in the chat, awesome as always. Um Please like and sub up our channel. Uh, looking forward to talking to you guys again um, tomorrow. 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 Great. Um, as for the game, listen, I, as I said at the start, I've very much got a, a medium to long-term view on the Giants. Uh, for me, um, I think a lot of our work starts in the offseason. Um, but that doesn't mean to say that I don't want us to make the playoffs. I, I think we can still do it. Um, I don't think this game actually is going to decide whether we make the playoffs or not next week does. Um, so I'm still kind of more all in on next week, but that doesn't mean to say that I'm not going to be very much invested in tomorrow. I just want to see how we stand up against the best team of football. Well, certainly the best team and in, in the NFC. So Let's see how we do. It's going to be a good gauge. It's going to be a good marker for us. Uh, see if we can compete with the big boys. Um, like, let's not forget um, when the Giants hung with the Patriots on their unbeaten season during the regular season, they proved something to themselves that, oh, shit, we can actually hang with 
the best team in football. And if we ever meet them again, we can beat them. Um, so I'm not saying that, that, that like anything's going to happen like that. I'm just saying that sometimes when you play the best team in football and you can compete with them, even if you lose by three points or, but you give them a hell of a game, then you learn something about yourself and then you'll have confidence going into the rest of the year. And I think that is what we can do. If we can keep it close, if we can, if we lose, I don't know, 31, 28, then we could maybe be like, Hey man, we, we took them all the freaking way and we scored points against the best team of football. Let's go where we can now be even easily beat Washington next week with that confidence. And that is how we can do it. If we get completely blown the, our, our doors off, we don't really learn anything about them. And I kind of expect that's what's going to happen. So surprise me. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, I think, I think it'd be a good marker point. Uh, I don't really have any expectations, but I do have expectations that it could set a marker. Chastuto from Italy. What's going on? Yo, Italy. Uh, Jeffrey, I understand my man. Of course, thank you for the uh, great support. Just some channel updates, guys, before we close it out here. Uh, tomorrow night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time will be the call-in show. Luke will be joining us. We're going to send the link out uh, probably around show start time so you guys can line up in the StreamYard studio, get your thoughts. And I know some guys are looking forward to it, looking forward to talking with the fans. Um, obviously, we'll see next month when we do it because I know we got a, we got a big trip planned. As far as rest of the week goes, uh, after this week that I've had, everything is going to be back on schedule in terms of content, twin bill, all these different things. Uh, Big Blue in the Bronx podcast will be out 1230 on Tuesday. Uh, That will be, of course, recapping the Eagles game. But before that, Monday night, boys in the Big Apple, don't want to miss it. Maybe some announcements coming by about some new stuff coming on the channel. Definitely worthy to watch. All that good stuff. Like, comment, and subscribe. Turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops or your drops. Appreciate y'all coming back. Peace out, guys. See you later. Stay cool. And most of all, let's go. Big blue. Beat them fucking dirty rat bastard eagles. Peace. Peace.